What's up, everybody? We back. R2C2. Another week. What's good, cuz? We're getting ready for the holidays, man. Here we come. Yeah, it's crazy. It don't feel like like the holidays, though. I don't know why. Maybe because Christmas is on a weekend this year, so it's like kids are in school all week. Mm. Like, it's it's a normal, you know, like, work week. So, it's weird. But Lil C's home. Little C is home. Little C is home for Christmas. He got home on Friday. So the house is full. That makes it a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, I need to go out and like get gifts, guys. Like I haven't <laughs> bought anybody anything. Oh, so man. I got to I gotta figure some shit out. Do you have a time slotted for that? I don't. Uh, I don't. And I'm not really even worried about it. I mean, yeah. my kids are like, they fuck, man. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like. You buy him shit all year, guys. Like I, I'm not worried about your kids. I'm worried about Amber. Do you got something for Amber? Oh, I've I haven't bought Amber a Christmas gift in maybe fucking twenty years, bro. Really? You guys don't do gifts oh, for each other since since we were teenagers. No, we don't do gifts for each other. We never have, and it's it's just like less stress. Yeah, like our gift to each other is going on a trip or getting stuff for the you know what I'm saying, yeah. like stuff for the kids. So we we don't buy each other anything. We haven't for a long, long time. That is way less stress. Like, oh my god, what, what, like, what do we need to buy? You know what I'm saying? Like, we yeah. say Christmas gifts on is kind of dumb. Yeah, for a married couple. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> you hear that, fellas? <laughs> you hear that, fellas? When your wife says, "Where's the, where's the presents?" Just say, "This is just say." CC said life. it's kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> Shit is stupid. You know what's funny? We uh, we don't really get each other much at Christmas either. Um. We uh we write each other a letter, which I like. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. It, it you know what's cool been cool about it too, man? Like just going like having them like kind of go back and in some way it's like a year recap too and like looking at what we wrote, you know, like it's just an interesting it's a cool and meaningful way to it's a reflect. that's a great way. Yeah, it's yeah. a great way. And and it keeps the cost down because you gotta these things you you got to do early in your marriage. Yeah, sets the it sets the tone, cause yeah. So now <laughs> this is what you'll be doing this till you're sixty, just writing a letter. Yeah, it's the greatest Christmas gift ever. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. So like, all the fellas that are listening to this, like, you got to set these fucking things in your marriage early, cause you gotta you gotta keep the bar low, so that if you do anything <laughs> that's you know mediocre, then it looks like it's fucking out of the out of the fucking. <laughs> Out of space, so, you know what I'm saying? The one year you do get a gift, they're like, "What?" You gotta keep the you gotta keep the bar low, guys. Yeah, I'm telling you. Well, look, playing the, uh, um, you know, can you top this? Is it's a brutal game to play in the gift world with a with a significant other man. Like you don't want to play that game. You don't want to nah, play that game. It's, it's stupid. Yeah, you don't want to play that game. It is funny too, because like I feel like. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm sure different people have different relationships, but like, I kind of am like same page as as you and Amber here, Andrea and I are. Where it's like, we we just talk about ahead time. Like, do like do we want to get each other anything? Like, or do we want to just go this route? You know, like instead of yeah. like the oh my gosh, like I hope she likes this. Like, uh, you know, there's none of that, which I'm very very grateful for because that's like. I felt that stress as like a 16 year old trying to get a girl a gift on Christmas, you know, like <laughs> that was enough stress for the rest of my life. I don't need it again. Oh my God. Uh, dude. I remember, I don't know if you were this way as a kid, but like I used to stress that out, like 
trying to get Buying gifts. stuff? Oh, yeah. For like girls I liked when I was younger. Oh, my gosh. It was. You sound like Carter. I wasn't that yeah. way. No. I, I mean, I didn't buy. Yeah. No, I didn't buy. Shit, I didn't buy a girl too much of anything in, until until Amber got pregnant with Lucy. Yeah. Okay, so you do the push present, though. Uh, I did not. You did not? I've never got her a push present. You no. just got her a pregnancy present? Yeah, so like okay. when she got like when she got pregnant with little C, she was still in San Diego in college. I was, you know, in the minor leagues or I just got to the big leagues at that time. So we hadn't like, you know, we I hadn't bought her anything like so I got her an X5, we got her an apartment, all these different things like and then we ended up getting married that year. So that's like when I started actually spending money on, on her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the year we got married. Once little C was coming along, it was then time to like, spend the right. money, yeah. Yeah, you got to, you know what I mean? Like, you got to do something to step up as, as a father and a husband. Well, the X5 in the apartment were very nice ways to start. I mean, it made up for yeah. everything for not buying her shit as a teenager, you know what I'm saying? And somehow you didn't allow that to set the tone for the rest of the marriage. Well done. <laughs> well done. Oh, man. It is interesting, though. But, yeah, I also am big on tradition. My My dad and mom used to always say to me, like, you know, like make traditions with your family someday like yeah. and that and I know as a for me I some of my fondest memories are the traditions that we held as a family around the holidays you know and and, and beyond the holidays as well but especially around Christmas and like it was just so important and there was something so like exciting and comforting about continuing to fulfill the traditions you know um and something disorienting about when you you couldn't, you know? Um, and so we've had to like alter them a little bit in recent years, obviously just growing up, but also because I work on Christmas day doing NBA games always now. Um, Oh yeah. You got one this year. Yeah. I have Nick Sixers at the garden. So, Oh yeah. yeah. So that's great because I can do little Christmas morning and then come back and do Christmas afternoon. And then what we've been doing is like, we take a couple days on either side and do Christmas with like my, my side of the family, Andrea's side of the family, you know, but anyway, I say all this to say, like, I'm really excited now about starting traditions with my family, you know, like, mm -hmm. and, and having those so that like Evie and God willing, Evie has a sibling or two or, you know, however many someday that they're like, oh, Christmas time, we always do this, you know, like, I just, uh, that for me was always like an exciting thing. And like, I'm, ex I'm excited to set the tone now for my own family with that for stuff. For your family. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That's awesome. It's good that I'm glad little C was able to come home for Christmas, man. That's great. I guess yeah. they get a couple weeks. They get a couple. He goes back on January 6th. So it's good to have him home. We've been working out every day together and you know, it's, it's just good to be a complete family. You know what I mean? I think everybody um misses him i think the kids miss him i think he misses home yeah um you know when he's gone so uh it's you know it's, it's it's always fun to have him around and you know hanging out and and uh you know we get to go to some high school ba basketball games now i love high school basketball so yeah you know anytime he's in town we get to go to some games and stuff so um yeah it's just fun i mean you know you miss him more obviously when he's not in the house every day so when he comes back you just cherish those moments yeah has it been hard having him away? It hasn't been. You know what? Uh, because I, I talk to him a lot. I think we yeah. talk to him a lot, um, you know, with FaceTime and stuff. And, um, you know, he's he's doing well. Like, yeah. he loves Atlanta. Um, he had a pretty good fall. You know, I got a chance to get down there to see him 
play against Jacksonville State. First first at bat, he hit a home run. That was so, so cool. Yeah, it's it's been uh it's been fun to, you know, at the start so far, it's been good. So um, you know, the spring's coming up, the season's about to start, and we'll see how much I'm down in Atlanta, but I'm looking forward to it and and uh, you know, his opportunity to further his career. Yeah. It's crazy, man, how strong he's gotten though since he left. We came back and I mean, today we were doing a chest workout and he was doubling everything I was doing. I'm like, shit. Really, like, man. Kinda, it's crazy, and he's, man. And he's grown too, right? Like, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's my height now. Geez, we're the same height man. for sure. Wow. And he is just, uh, it's crazy, man. And, you know, obviously being 19 years old, you can just see, you know, the excitement when he goes to the gym and he's out hitting right now. He goes to the track. So he's got a nice little routine while he's home. Man, that's awesome, dude. Good for you. God bless. So great, man. I mean, I can only, obviously I'm in the nascent stages of being a father and experiencing this, but like, I I can only imagine what it feels like when you have, you know, the, the gang that you got and like everyone being under one roof for the holidays and like getting everyone, it's gotta be amazing, man. Just getting everyone back. It is. It's fun. And like, we don't need anybody else. Like we, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like we have yeah. our, my mom's here, seven of us. Like, we have our built-in fun. Like, yeah. we can play Pictionary. We can <laughs> do karaoke. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All these different things we do as a family um, are are just our things. And, you know, we don't need anybody else. So that was a part of the reason why I wanted so many kids. Yeah. Um, was to have big family holidays and things like this. And, you know, hopefully as we get older, it'll be, you know, our house will be filled with grandkids. And, yeah. you know, all this different stuff. So, yeah, I mean, it, that was, you know, one of our main things was wanting to have, you know, a big family to be able to to have times like this. Yeah, I think about that, man, where I'm like, I know those early days are tough, Oof, rough, <laughs> tough. rough, but there is an awesome payoff on the back end. Yeah, right? them early days are rough, bro, man. but, it, but it, it worked out. I can't imagine, dude, like I know, you know, and I, I'm sure many listeners, some listeners are like, oh, yeah, listen, you know, right now, like, yeah, because they got you know, four under the age of six in their house or whatever oh it might be. Gosh. And it's like, wow. Like, I mean, it's, it, it is, somebody was asking me the other day about fatherhood. Uh, um, one of my friends who's, who's about to have his first. And he was like, you know, like, does it feel like, you know, like, what does it feel? How does it feel like your life has changed in that? And I said, because, it, 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 you know, a lot of people will say things like, you know, oh, say goodbye to your life or whatever like that. And I'm like, no, it's not that. It's just like it's a totally different iteration. You know, it's like a completely new evolution chapter. But I was like, you know what it's really like? It's like you think you're busy and you have all these things going on and you think you're a busy person and, you know, it's hard to fit things in. And then all of a sudden you are going to have the biggest responsibility of your life and the most time-consuming part of your life all of a sudden just added to what you think is an already busy life. And somehow you will make it all work. I said, it's really like the Santa Claus and Tim Allen, how somehow via magic, he fits down every chimney. Like the chimney may not be big enough, but he turns into that like slurpy goop and he gets through, you know? And I'm like, it's kind of just what happens as right. It's like as a dad, as a mom, it's like, no, nah, you don't all of a sudden get more hours in the day, but somehow you just like amoeba your way through it to make it all work. Nah, it really is. It's crazy. Cause like the beginning, you just don't see how another person is going to fit into your life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's another person that you're responsible for. Um, but like you said, it just all seems to work out. I mean, 
our life is as chaotic as it could be. Like, we travel all over the place. It's fucking, our life is crazy. But, you know, looking at the iPhone and, you know, I can look at my calendar and I know where everybody is at one time. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, so everything has to be organized and color-coded and <laughs> this person has to be, you know what I'm saying? So, and my kids are old enough now, too, that they they can just tell us, what, you know what I'm saying, where they need to go somewhere or something. Like, before, when they were younger, you know, you had to be on a schedule and in group, you know, meetings with, or group me chats with different parents and carpools and all of that different shit. But now, kids are older, we got a family group chat and everybody just says what they have. You know mm -hmm, what I mean? And it mm -hmm. makes it a lot easier. That's funny, so, man. That's great. Uh, yeah, these kids growing up, man, it's, it's, uh, it's just, you know, and, and, and you, I thought we were busy when we were younger. Now it's just being an Uber driver. You know, it's Sweet Sixteens <laughs> and the movies and the mall. And yeah. yesterday I was at American Dream Mall for five hours just walking around with my daughter and her friend. Oh, you know that's what I'm awesome, like, man. Yeah. So it's just, you know. Yeah, it's that stuff that's like, and and like, there's probably a part of you that like every one of those like errands like or tasks like it's it's like fulfilling in some way, you know? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I love that that yeah. she ask, actually asked me to go with her. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. not like drop her off. Hey dad, can you drop <laughs> me off? I'm like, hey dad, could you go to the mall with us? Like yeah. that feels good. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. With all that being said, we are obviously pumped for the holidays. Want to wish. Uh, our audience, very happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, happy holidays in general. Um, and uh, the Yankees got another gift under the tree, man. Carlos Rodon, yes. who you who you said last year you liked the fit, you wanted the Yankees to get him. We had that clip that just went viral when we tweeted it out uh, before he signed about him saying there's still time when you were talking about wanting him to sign after he signed his deal with the Giants last year which had the player option, which allowed him to be a free agent this year and now sign with the Yankees. Why do you feel like he's the right fit, C? And this was like, you know, such a good signing for them. Man, I've been watching this kid since he was at South Carolina. Um, um, and I just think, I just love the way he pitched. He's got a lot of fuck you in him. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, and, and you have to, you have to have that. You have to be able to block everything out and, come with everything you have, especially pitching here in the Bronx. Um, and I just felt like he's got the perfect attitude to play here and pitch here. And, you know, his, he's, uh, he's funny. Like, he's good in the clubhouse. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's a good dude, but he'll give you everything he has when he goes out there um, on his day. And I think that's all Yankee fans and, and, and this organization is gonna, can ask of you. Um, you know, I did it for 11 years out there. You know what I mean? Just giving him everything I have, and I think he'll be – that type of guy. Yeah. How about stuff-wise, see? What do you like about him? Man, his fastball plays, and I think his velocity ticked up a lot last year, um, which made his stuff a lot better, obviously. I mean, we talk about Nestor, and when he's throwing 92 to 94, he's he's unhittable. When, you know, when Rondon is 95 to 97, you know, like he was most of the year last year, you know, he's he's going to be locked in. His slider's good. He's got a good changeup. He's got a good feel for pitching. Hmm. And, you know, there's something, too, about, like, that I like about getting another lefty. And this isn't just to, you know, compliment your uh, left-handedness. But I don't know. There's something about, like, adding another lefty to the rotation that I like that part of it as well. Yeah, and, and two different type of lefties, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Like when when me and Andy were there in my younger yeah. days, yeah, very it was kind of types. the same thing. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Two two different type of lefties where you can pitch them back to back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like me and Andy pitched back to back a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he can pit, he pitched in front of me a lot of different times. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think having those two guys in there and, you know, two different styles of, of uh, lefties, I think, is huge. So, see, not only uh, do the Yankees add Rondon, but they also add a captain. And when Aaron Judge was named, or when we, we learned he was going to be named captain, the first thing I thought about was something you told me back in 2017. When you said, when he was a rookie, you were like, and I think you said it on the podcast, you were like, I know he's a rookie, but he's already our leader. So he's sort of been on this path, but I mean, what do you think about him being named captain and what in 2017 made you feel that way? No, it's, it's cool to have him, you know, being, be named, um, you know, captain in that, in that formal way, I guess, you know, um, you know, like I said, I mean, any team that you own by default, the, the most, most of the time is the best player, right? You know, ends up being mm-hmm. the leader. But a lot of times it could be the gamer too. The guy that you know is going to go out there and give you fucking everything he's got every time he's out there or the whole time he's out there. And I think, you know, when, when Jeet retired, when did Jeet retire? 2014? Yeah. Um, it became Guardy, cuz. Guardy was the guy, you know what I'm saying? And Guardy kind of raised Judge to be like, what he is, you know what I'm saying? Like when when Judge got to the big leagues, Guardy took him right under right under his wing, and you know we kind of we kind of getting to see the finished product. But I seen it right away, you know, when he came up and the way he acted in the year that he hit the 50 homers, you know, and broke the broke the rookie record, um, just with the grace and the class, and you know, it's the, it's the Yankee way, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, you can just see him falling right into this. Mm. You know, it's so cool to see just the, and you've talked about this recently, but the connection to the organization that lasts forever, right? And, you know, seeing Jeet and Willie Randolph at the press conference, two former captains, and just, you know, even the way that you are still, you know, very much involved and appreciated by this organization, it's very, it's very cool. And I think it's very unique the way the Yankees take care of their own. And there is something about that that makes a day like this even more special. Yeah, for sure. And, and and all everything that you just said was the reason I knew he was never going to sign the San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like you know if you when before pre COVID early you know pre COVID days you show up to spring training and it, it would be you know Yogi and Goose and Gator and and you know, Willie Randolph and, you know, it's just the ghost of Yankees past. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the, the, the franchise, I always say this, the, the history of the Yankees coincides with the history of baseball. And yeah. when you get to see those living legends in that uniform in spring training in Tampa, it makes you want to be a part of that. Mm. You know what I mean? The first time I showed up in spring training and, and as a Yankee, the only thing I thought was, damn, I need to be able to do something good enough where they invite me to come back and you know what I'm saying? Wow. Like you yeah. you wanna you wanna be a part of that fucking greatness, bro. Like it's hard not to be. And and anybody that doesn't wanna be, you can see it quick and in, in, in their performance and the way they act 
and the way they handle the media and the way they handle the fans, the people, and and they don't really last long in the Bronx. Mm. No, Judge is an obvious and uh, perfect captain uh, to follow Derek Jeter. And he's one of those guys who has, you know, a unique legacy here uh, and really cool to to celebrate this and see him get this honor. And they got all them seats out there, so you got to fucking... He had to come back. They, they yeah. fucked up the whole section yeah. in right field. The guy's got to be the captain. <laughs> that's it, man. Judges Chambers has forced their hand. Oh, that's great. That rotation now, if healthy, knock on wood, is filthy. And yep. I have always been a proponent of this. Like I truly believe that when you have a rotation like that, where every single day the offense can look just like the fans can and say, oh, we got a great chance to win today. I think it's easier to hit, man. I think it's easier for, I think it's easier for an offensive player to go do their job when they see, oh, we either have Garrett Cole against whoever. I like our chances. We have Rodon against whoever. I like our chances. We have Severino against whoever. I like our chances. We have Nestor against whatever, you know, like, you know, he, he I, I think Seve's the key. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, we've all been waiting for him to take that step into the, the ace that we know he can be. And this has to be the year. This has to be the year. If the Yankees want to accomplish what they want to accomplish is winning the world series. Seve's gotta be the compliment to Cole. Hmm. I mean, I know we got Rondon now, but and, and Nestor, but Seve's the next best pitcher on the team. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? When he's healthy, his shit's right, everything's there. He's the next best guy. So I need him to be the number two. I know he's gonna probably slot in at number three or four as it plays out at the beginning. But I need him throughout the summer to step up and be the number two guy. Which is because he has the he has the experience. He's pitching the playoffs in the Bronx. Yep. Big games had some, you know, some bad games, some good games, pitched out of the bullpen. He's got the experience. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He just needs to step up and have a full season and, and really turn into what we've what we've been waiting for. Which like last year, that final start he made at Texas was that was as good as I've ever seen him, you know? Um, and I think we need that for eight months, guys. Yep. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? We, <laughs> exactly. we need a, we need a full year of that shit. You know, like, it, you know, he has flashes in the pan, but yeah, we need a full year. Well, let me ask you this then. Are you like, can you do things to, um, can you do things that, help you stay healthy as a pitcher when you've been someone like when you've been someone who's consistently dealt with arm injuries. Right. And that's why I'm hesitant. Like when I look at Seve being perfectly honest, I just think about like, okay, whatever he ends up dealing with injury wise, can we just get him healthy and rolling at the end of the year? You know, like, no, but, no, no, it's not that we can't do that no more. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's, How do you, are there things you can do physically as a pitcher to like, Look at yourself honestly and say, why do I keep getting hurt and try and change course? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, I think for me, you know, having the, the knee injuries. And yeah. then earlier in my career, I had the oblique. I was having, you know, I, I was on the DL uh, 2005 and six with oblique injuries. 
Um, and I had to look myself in the mirror and like, why is this happening? Mm. You know, you, I mean, sometimes you have to change your routine and like the little things you have to do in the weight room or, or in the, in the training room that, that, you know, when you're younger, you don't have to do these little, maybe it's little balance work for me with my knee or different little things I had to do with my arm to make sure I was healthy. When you're younger, you don't have to do those things. But as you get older, you put, you start logging innings. You have to have a, a base of a good routine. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So something that that you can do every single day that's going to keep you your body healthy and make sure that you you were able to be out there and throw your bullpens and pitch and play catch do whatever you need to do. So it was just me finding those little things that I needed to do before stretch in the weight room, um, just to make sure that I stay healthy. Whether it was my knee early in my career, my oblique, um, late in my career it was my shoulder. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, it was always those little things and. As I got older, that's why I said when I retired was, you know, it took me three hours to do my routine just to go out and play catch. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that little type of shit, like, you know, um, is something that you have to learn as a player. And I think Seve's on his way to doing that. Same thing with, like, Aaron Hicks. You know what I'm saying? With all the injuries. It's just the little things that you have to do to get back from the injuries are some of the things that you may need to do every single day to prevent the injury. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense. That does make sense. And I hope that those guys find that way. And I hope we get to see Seve and Montas as the fifth starter. I mean, this is yeah. a guy who's got top starter potential. We obviously didn't see anything close to that last year, but you know, maybe an off season getting healthy and giving another look, you know? Yo, you know what we haven't talked about is the Yankees bullpen. Yeah. What's the bullpen situation right now? Well, I know we signed Tommy back. Yep. But do we have a closer? Nah. I mean, I guess you'd say Holmes is going to be your Play closer Holmes again. Is the closer. Yeah. Who was you great? F, you got you got Efron. No, nope, right? he he's done. He had Tommy John, so he's done for the year. Uh, uh, so who were the three guys they had? Chad oh, Chad Green. Chad Tommy John. Chad Green. I don't know when he'll be back. Uh, Britain is a free agent now. Yeah. Um, well, look, in the playoffs, you had the three guys who were incredible. You had Peralta, Lawizaga, and um, and Holmes were all incredible all, in the playoffs. And they're all they're back. all back. But you need okay. more guys. You're right, though. I feel Canely is one, but I don't know who else they have that Michael King. You Michael King needs King to be should be ready. He's supposed to be ready for the yeah. beginning of the year. That's a big one. And then maybe like you put you put Gill or somebody like that in the bullpen. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, with all these guys that you have as starters. Yeah, maybe you you put like a power arm like that that you can just turn one of these these younger starters that you have projected in the minor leagues and turn them into a back end of the rotation. I mean, back into the bullpen guy. Yeah, and, and maybe there is a reliever out there to be signed. I think like you know the one thing the Yankees have done a nice job of too is you know finding people within their system and turning them into successful relievers or finding some reclamation projects and turning them into successful relievers. So um, it's funny because I don't worry about it. See, but it last year, the bullpen was definitely not the strength it has been for so long. It happened to like the three guys were incredible in the playoffs, but you really didn't have anywhere else to go outside of those outside of Peralta, Loisaga and uh, Holmes. I think that we've we've relied on our bullpen so fucking much, yeah. That we've we built these super bullpens, yeah, over the years that these guys burn out, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Like, we use them so much in these high-leverage situations in April yep. that by the time this shit rolls around in October, these motherfuckers are burnt out. Yeah, yeah. You Whether it's Dylan, yeah. whether it's Adovino, Chad Green. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it sucks that, like, so maybe not having the, our bullpen be the strength of the team will help us, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, have not the starters go them. a little longer. Yeah, and, yeah. and not overuse them, and, and they can they can be effective in the playoffs. More broadly, looking at, you know, now that like most of free agency is um, is wrapped up, see, I think one thing that you and I kind of got our wish, although it wasn't necessarily because of some CBA mechanism, but we kind of got that like concentrated period of action from baseball. Like the winter meetings felt like the old winter meetings again. Like people signed quickly this year see there aren't big guys really left out there waiting to be signed it's pretty much wrapped up it aren't it aren't a lot of big guys but there are some like you know some still some some really good players that can help some teams sure sure that are out there but doesn't it feel different than like years past yeah it's it's been great to have all this action and and have all these guys sign and i think i mean obviously it was the class of the guys you know what i'm saying um and for me, I feel like Trey Turner set it off. Like Trey Turner getting eleven years, yeah, kind of set the off season into this fucking. Yeah, I'd be mean, wishing I you mean, were a free agent right now. <laughs> absolutely not. I would never sign up for fucking longer than seven years. Cause no chance. I don't want a fucking uh, thirteen year deal. Oh, I'm locked in, and I'm locked in. Nah, yeah. It's just it's uh it's awesome to see. It's great to see that that you know these guys are getting locked in. And for you know for me, I you know. With the with them kind of shrinking up the minor leagues, the lower minor leagues, and the draft is being shorter. A lot of guys are going to college now, right? Mm. And you, you used to used to penalize the college guys because they would get the free agency later. But yeah. now, watching Judge get his money, watching Trey Turner get paid, Dansby Swanson, yeah, you know what I'm saying. All these guys that went to college had successful college careers are still coming out and getting the the huge deals. So that's great to see too. That's a great point, man. What do you think about the Red Sox and like their kind of like lack of activity, man? Boy, they completely fucked this up, didn't they? Whoa. Completely fucked this up. You can't let your guy walk out, first of all. I mean, I love Justin Turner, but like you kind of like set them up for failure by just slapping them in that lineup with nothing around them. Kind of feels you know like he'll be dealt at the deadline somewhere. It kind of feels yeah. like, yeah, it just like, feels like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. It's just, uh, a lot of random shit. Yeah, like, and look, it started with trading Mookie and getting, you know, not anywhere near the return you would hope to get for an MVP. You know, I mean, that that starts. But if you think about it, they had a core that if they had, you know, kind of locked up properly or whatever, you would have felt like, wow, that is the center of an offense that's going to compete year in, year out. And I know they've been a little weird up and down as a team, but like Devers, Bogarts, and Betts, you know, would have been like, you, you know, you kind of look at that like, okay, lock that in for as long as you can. Instead, and Benintendi. Yeah, and Benintendi, right. Instead, you've lost three of the four of them, you know, for one reason or another. And, you know, you might be primed to lose Devers now next year. They can't They can't let Devers walk out, cuz. I mean, we said the same shit about Bogart, yeah, too, right? Yeah, yeah. But they had Devers there. 
Yeah. Like if they let Devers walk out of the fucking like out yeah. of that organization, they have nothing. He's free at like, the end of this year, next year, right? At the end of next year, yeah. yeah. So they can't let him walk out, bro. Man, he's going to be able to demand whatever he wants to stay. Oh my god! Yeah, thirteen years, five hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> he can't. I mean, he's got them. He's got them. He's in a young good spot right too, now. isn't he? He's yeah. He's he's young. Yeah, like he's yep. gonna. I mean, he could get if he if he wants to just get his security, he could probably negotiate a pretty penny right now. Uh, right now, yeah. which he which he should be doing. Yeah. Well, if he, you know especially saying? if he wants trying to, stay. to get something done before, yeah, if he wants to stay, try to get something done before spring training. Yeah, I mean for sure, um, it's a uh, yeah, you know, it's weird what the Red Sox did and didn't do. It's I, I love what the Guardians have done. Yeah, um, signing Josh Bell. Yeah, um, getting Mike Zanino. Yeah, um, I think I think for them in that division, I think that's going to help them a lot with all those young guys. Um, it, it's it's going to be tough for them because. They had everybody that came up was had a career year, bro. Yeah. Like everybody they brought up balled out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that shit is it's gonna be hard to repeat that. But I, I like what they've what they've done so far. Yeah. That's so that's a team that's kind of stood out to you. Uh, that's a team that's that won the division and I feel like it's gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. I think um I think that they they also just have this like ability to to get the most out of the pieces they have like so regularly oh, yeah. you know like absolutely that that's the organization and the coaching yeah. tito and carl yeah. and all those guys they have there yeah it's amazing man no it's been a good like period you know what else is interesting like are the dodgers in any way reigning in their expenses you know like is there any part of them that's saying like hey we've been just like doling it out year after year after year after year like let's like put a little pause on it because we have a lot of talent here and we have a loaded minor league system. And I like, was about to say, yeah, they can do that because they have a loaded minor league system. Yeah. Most teams that are at the higher end of the spending don't have a good minor league system like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they can, they can put a pause on it and, and kind of build from within for a year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Because they have so much talent that they fucking, you know, have has cultivated over the last couple of years. They they they're in a good spot. No matter whether they sign anybody or not. Yeah. They're in a good spot. It's incredible, man. That team is just they always like can reload. They haven't figured out the October formula, but like they're always in the mix. Who's fascinating to me is the Mets, bro. I feel like the Mets are building these like mid two thousands Yankees teams. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> From 2004 to, like, 2008, where it was just, like, a bunch of stars. Yeah. Just doling out money. Yeah. Just trying to fucking win a championship. Just slapping motherfuckers together. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They just, they just, yeah, you fucking, you come on over to, like, they just doing whatever they can. Giambi, Abreu, Sheffield, bro, Randy Johnson, every, Kevin Brown. Everybody, Javier bro. Vasquez. Yeah. Everybody. You need a punch play there yeah, for the yeah. Yankees during that time. Like, Let's throw him against the wall, see what sticks. Yeah. Anybody who can fucking, fucking willing, able to fucking put on a Mets uniform, they will fucking pay. It is funny, man. It is so different than what, like, the Yankees started with, with those teams, you know, because, like, there was just such an identity and such a, like a, a, a commonality and like the personality of like those like late nineties into the, you know, Oh one Yankees teams. And then when Tino left, Giambi came, 
that was a big change. And then like, it, they, you're right. They just like continued. And it was like, Bro, they were slapping obviously. Shit like, yeah, I mean, it was slapping shit together. Like Matt Suey fit with the, I know he wasn't on their teams, but like he was very much a late nineties Yankees guy. Yeah. yeah like, and, and, and he was, uh, he was yeah, a thousand percent. Like he he fit right in with the core four. Yes, and Bernie and yes. all those guys. Yes, and and like the values that they like the that they gate kept. Yes. you know what I'm saying. I yes. always talk about that with organizations. Masui, thousand percent. You felt like when I got there, I felt like he had been there for fucking twenty years. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. He 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 seemed that way, like from afar. But there was nobody else. Yeah, that they had brought in. That was. Like of the old guard, yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? No, there was like During a bunch those... of superstars that they were just trying yeah, to like. And even I'm, I'm trying to think of any any people that was overlapped when I first got here, like from those teams. No, because he had really kind of like fucking cleaned house by the time me and AJ and them got here in '09. Well, and look, like those teams weren't really superstar based. Obviously, like Jeter became that, like Mo became that, but like they like. They were, they, you could say, like, oh, Bernie was a star, but like, he was just like a gr- really, really, really good player. Paul O'Neill was a really, really, really good player. Tino, same thing. Like, obviously, you know, Posada and, and, you know, Brocious for that period of time. And like, they just like, they did, but it wasn't like the big money free agent. Like, that's not what they were built on. And then all of a sudden they went back to that, which had been kind of like the early Steinbrenner ways. They went back to that with Giambi, with Sheffield you know, with, um, with Kevin Brown, with Randy Johnson, with like, you know, all these dudes and, and yeah, it's interesting. See, cause like, I also think, right. Like what, I mean, what is Steve Cohen going to be willing to pay Shohei Otani when he's a free agent yeah. at the end of this year? It's just, it's just, it's just, they don't have a core. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. Like there's, there's no identity or core to that fucking squad. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just, it's just randomness. You yeah. know what I'm saying? The only person that's homegrown from there is Pete. Yeah. I Who feel, I love. You know what I'm that saying? guy's great. Yeah. Love Pete. Yeah. But like, I like, it's just no it, base. You're saying it's, it's, no it's hard to make it all work when you're just slapping it's hard to make together it all, town. It's hard to make it all work when you don't have like a core value, like yeah. values. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like when, it, when we, when we all got slapped together in 09, we got slapped together. Yeah. But like, we came into like the core four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is who we going to follow and this is how we going to do shit. Like they don't have that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like to, to put that on Verlander to like build your culture at 39, 40 years old, like, come on, man. And that's not really what he does. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, he's not really known to be like the, the greatest teammate. So right. he's- I just don't know what they, what, what kind of camaraderie they going to have in Queens. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, I mean, how about what's your reaction to the the Mets stealing Correa from the Giants in the middle of the night? It, the reaction is like I woke up and my phone was just going off, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like I had so many text messages <laughs> when I woke up, and I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" But then you know, I'm like, "This is insane," and you know, I I think it makes the Mets the favorites, but I'm just like, I still like feel like. They don't have, you know, who's playing the outfield. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's still kind of weird, the bullpen. But, like, adding Correa to that lineup, having him move to third base, I mean, shit. It's got got to make them the favorite, right? I think so. Yeah, I think so. It's interesting because 
you know, there there's still like a part of me that wonders like, is Scherzer going to be great or are we going to see yeah. like what we saw in the playoffs? Is Verlander at some or, point going to fall off a cliff or is he going to continue to pitch like he did last year as hey, a Cy Young? You, you, know? You, know what, you know what I immediately thought is what? that somebody needs to trade for Escobar because he's a really good fucking switch hitting player that can play a lot of different positions. Yeah. And I think he got off to a tough start with the Mets and I think they, the, the fans kind of shitted on him. But I'm like, man, I wish we can get him over to the Bronx. That motherfucker can play, dog. Yeah, he's, and, he, and he's got playoff experience, too. And now he's got nowhere to play unless you're going to throw him in left field. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, look, here's the thing. Like, and but even before Correa, this was true. It's awesome what Steve Cohen is doing. Just for the oh, excitement, man. like, for baseball. Like, We need we need 20 more, 29 more guys like this, bro. It's awesome. It Dude, is, is awesome. This is it, fun to watch. He's it, like, fuck it. We need another hitter. Yeah. Guess what? I'm going yeah, to get look him. Look at the best guy. Now, as far as what actually happened, though, see, well, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say on the flip side of that, I was just about to say that the Giants and what happened. Yeah. Like, you know, the interesting thing is something in the medical exam made the Giants uncomfortable. I don't know exactly what it was, but clearly, see, because they desperately needed this big name, this free agent, clearly something made them uncomfortable. That opened the window somewhat how much we don't know but somewhat and steve cohen already had been publicly we heard saw him in an interview with john Heyman already publicly lamenting not getting correa so he clearly was just going to take this opportunity to not miss his chance again right but Mm -hmm. it's interesting because see what would make one team very comfortable with spending the money and going for this and another team not when it comes to a physical like how how could you see that happening who knows who knows what it is i mean you yeah. know all the, the the teams and team doctors and everything are are different and have different opinions and all that yeah. shit that's why when you see guys get hurt they go get a second opinion and all this other shit you could always find somebody to agree with you you know what i'm saying yeah or or disagree or tell you you need surgery you know what i'm saying yeah so um you know that things like that kind of happen all the time i just think in in this case i feel like the Mets really wanted the player, right? And I feel like the Giants saw something in the medicals that 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 alarmed them, which is fair. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But like, tell me that like when I'm in the at the hospital, in the <laughs> physical. Like, don't yeah. let me get dressed for the press conference and then tell me we're gonna postpone it because of something in the medicals. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck y'all. Yeah. Like, that would have pissed me off as a player. I would have told my agent, like, fuck them, I'm not going to play for that team. So I'm sure Correa was like, find me another place to play. Yeah. And damn, boy, did did, did Boris find him another place to play. Yeah. I mean, in, in, a, in a way better situation, in a way better spot, a chance to win the championship. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like in the Giants case, like, if this is your guy, you're going to have him for 13 years, you're about to give him $350 million. Like, talk through with him through this situation, whatever it is, if you committed to the player. Obviously, they wasn't that committed to the player. You let this motherfucker get dressed for the press conference. You call it off, and now he's a Met. He's going to Queen. So I'm I'm with him. I'm with Correa on like I no ill like fuck the Giants. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. no ill. You know what I'm saying? Like as a player, like that that was kind of trash. I felt like well, I, and, and I don't even know what what the metal what was, was going to come out. Yeah, you know what I'm saying I'm just saying whatever it is. You could have told me what it, what your what your concerns was. When I took that test, whatever yeah. it was, the MRI, you know what I'm saying? Those physicals yeah. take six hours, cuz. 
Like you Jeez. in there all no, you in there all day. Wow. So they could have talked through him to him, you know, through they could have talked through what they what the problem was. Yeah, I um it's funny. I think he's better off where he is. Everybody he, he, thinks know. he's better off yeah. where he is. Like and and Even Giants fans. You yeah, know what I'm right, saying? Like, right, right. Every, everybody thinks he's it's better It's going to be exciting for, for baseball. I mean, he's a winner. He's a gamer. He's done it in October. Bro, this you is going to make the fucking uh, Subway Series intense. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Correa yeah, as a intense. Met. But even yeah. just the pitching staffs. Yeah. Like, this shit is about to get wild, guys. Yeah, those ratings are going to be off the chart for those games. It's, it's about the and then when they play the Phillies. Oh yeah, oh it's yeah. Just, it just sucks that the Yankees don't have like their natural um, rival in Boston. Yeah, because if if they had that rival in Boston, if you still had Mookie and Benny and all those guys still in Boston, you're saying because the Red Sox because the Red are Sox not good. are trash. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's gonna Yankees I Mets, mean, so it's it, gonna it, be it, so it, intense. It's, it's fun to beef with Toronto, but it's not like our natural rival. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's when not the, the Yankees, same. When the Yankees-Red Sox games are going off, it's fucking, it's a good summer, guys. It is. <laughs> um, see, I, uh, I did want us also to touch briefly on the World Cup final. My goodness, what a game. Oh, my gosh. It was just ridiculous, man. The shit was insane. And, and like, watching Argentina get up 2 nothing. It was kind of like you was just waiting for them. It was the same thing with the Netherlands, where yeah. they got up 2-0, 70th, 80th, 80th Dominated minute, the game the whole way. And domin- yep. It's crazy. And it, but, like, to watch Mbappe just, like, wake up, you know what I'm saying? Like, they got the PK, and then fucking a minute and a half later, bro, like... That goal was ridiculous, too. His, ridiculous. his second didn't, goal was ridiculous. I mean, it was just one touch. Like, didn't yeah. let it come down, like... Just fucking blasted that shit. That shit was insane. And his setup insane. on it was ridiculous. Like the, that, his setup for that goal was incredible. Like it was crazy, man. Like he, it was that was so much fun to watch. Uh, dude, I wanted Argentina to win so badly because I wanted Messi to have that, you know. Um, and also I thought like France and Mbappe got one four years ago, like, you know, and um and I was thrilled with how Argentina played. Obviously, they were dominating that game. France didn't have not a shot on goal. They didn't have a single shot until I think it was the 75th minute, which is just incredible yeah. to think about. Um, I mean, and, they took Dembele out early because he was just fucking like, what was he doing? I felt like that motherfucker was point shaving. Oh, my gosh. Dude, At the beginning. Like, like just missed touches. Like, yeah. What are you yeah, doing? I know. Guys? It was weird. It was weird. That shit was wild. Yeah, it was weird. But first of all, the second goal from Argentina was one of the most beautiful goals I've ever seen in my life. Like what we have yes. four or five, one touch passes, like yeah. started by Messi. Yep. Yeah. With that outside of the foot, like yeah. creativity to perfectly. And I think that's like, what makes him the goat though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he does everything cause like yeah. he just doesn't score. Like yeah. he is their offense. He does everything. Like Ronaldo is only going to be there to strike at the, sc- at the end and score. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like Messi is like, in and on the team. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, when he scores a goal, they all come and fucking, you know, like, it's, yeah. it's more well, it's more love, I feel dude, like, with, with him. I was thinking about how many, and I know he, you know, got his pocket pick that led to the, you know, the um, second goal for France. But, like, I was thinking about how many times Messi turned nothing. It turned a seemingly benign moment somewhere in the you know middle of the field 
into an eventual incredible opportunity because, you know, there's like a very Gretzky like quality to him where he just like sees it before it happens and then can make it happen. And like, he just like, he, he just creates, I was listening to, I think it was Di Maria talking about like how he just like run to open space and somehow Messi finds him there, even though there was nothing about <laughs> the way the play is generating that like makes you think it's going to happen, but somehow it just does. And there were so many opportunities like that created by Messi throughout the game, like, you know, just like out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, even like the Croatia, the one in the, 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 oh. the goal, when he put the kid in the spin cycle yes, and he gets the assist, like just shit like that, that was nothing. nothing. You know what I'm saying? Nothing. Like, like that, that's, that's a goal kick or a fucking, or, or a corner kick or yep. something. From a regular, you know what I'm saying? Like this guy put the kid in the spin cycle, goes to the line, and it makes that pass. It's like the shit he can create, like you said, out of nothing is is amazing. It's just so much fun to watch. Dude, that game was just that that could have been the greatest like final championship game, if you will, of any sport I've ever seen. Because if you think about it, you have you know, perhaps the greatest soccer player of all time, right? Then you have the dude who's the heir apparent. Uh, who is the greatest player right now in the world, right? And they're both just bawling out at critical moments, coming up with massive, massive performances simultaneously. And, and then you also have the chaos of the game, like the shock of France tying it the way that they did. Then mm -hmm. the chances that both of them had at the end of regulation, like remember Messi's shot from the top of the box where he nearly... Nearly that puts was it a in. fucking missile. <laughs> missile. By the way, missile. that shit was insane. And and that would have been essentially like a walk off winner at the end yeah. of of, of uh, stoppage time. Then you get to uh, you get to extra time, and Argentina has all these chances the first half of extra time. Then they put you know Messi, you know scores after Martinez couldn't score to put give them the lead. Then Mbappe fires that laser into the arm of uh, what's his name? Number four. And he ends up obviously netting the penalty kick. And then each team got great chances in that final run where the kick save of the goalie of Argentina. That was the game. Oh that my was gosh. It right there. Cause that's, that's one V one. And he makes that kick save. And then on the other I end, Martinez gets the header. Ah, yeah. yeah. I thought he should have passed that because Mbappe was running with him right to there. To the left. And he was not yeah. offside. Yeah. 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 He could have easily tapped that one time and it would have been that, that that's the game. Man. Oh, dude, it's funny. I was okay. I know people don't get satisfied with PKs. And obviously, after that game, you would have loved someone to end on a goal. But I was okay with it because I wanted Argentina to win. And since they won the PKs, and then also because I was like, they dominated the game. I know it's soccer isn't that sport, but they dominated the game for so much. Like, it would have been so crushing, like if Messi didn't win after having yeah. the two nothing lead and then the three two lead on his goal in extra time. Oh, what's crazy is that the whole match I was rooting for Mbappe. Like, were you? Just I was, and at the end I realized how big this would have been if Messi didn't win. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Not until the very end did I realize, like, oh shit, like he had to have this. Like, yeah, this would have. I mean, they would have fucking crucified this guy if, if he didn't win this. The, you know what I'm saying? This final, at, you know, at 35 years old, maybe being his last time, obviously he said it wouldn't be, but going into that, you're like, damn, like, I mean, but I was, I was definitely rooting for Mbappe the whole time.
Mbappe is filthy, man. He is so, so good. My God. Just turned like, 24 today. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Did you meet him when you were out there going no, against No, I haven't no. Ch- got a chance to meet him yet. No. Should we do the R2C2 football tour? Like, Bro, let like, me know. Oh I'm my going gosh. in April. Are you? Yeah. You going I'm to going PSG? Back in April. I'm going to go to PSG. I want to do a Champions League match at PSG, and then I want to just go see some England football. That's awesome. Um, some Premier League football. Ah, uh, dude, it's just, so fun. I maybe go for like a week or ten days and and, and like bop just pop see around. a bunch around. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was it was amazing. And I, I do think like, you know, it, it, if you don't have an appreciation for the sport after watching that World Cup, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, I it's you know it, what. It's kind of annoying, though, because now everybody's, like, wanting to watch soccer and go to soccer. I've, I've been telling you motherfuckers that this shit is fun for years. Now everybody, all my group chats is like, oh, where are we going? And when is the World Cup? Nah, it's not for another four years, motherfuckers. Relax. Like, everybody so, wants to be another World Cup fucking match tomorrow. You're like the guy who discovered the band and is mad it's popular now? Now I'm pissed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, see, great stuff. Um, Big, big, big happy holidays to our audience. You guys are amazing. See, I was telling you the story. I was in Toronto. I had multiple people come up to me, including they wrote on my little name card. I've seen that. I've like, seen that. You know, star of R2C2. Multiple people come up to me about how much they enjoy the pod. Uh, and I just love that. You know, like C and I obviously have visibility for different reasons for what we do. So, like the intimacy of the pod and seeing the loyalty of the, you know, listening base it just really strikes a chord so thank you guys for the way you listen continue to spread the word you can download our podcast on any platform make sure you're subscribed to our youtube page uh it's free so make sure you do that big thanks to jackson to Atta, to sadie for all they do to produce our pod uh to amber for all she does to to get us in the chairs each week and um see uh you know, we'll see. Maybe we might drop a pod the week before New Year's, but if not, we'll talk to everybody in the new year and a happy and a healthy one to everybody and their families and uh, and a happy and a healthy one to the Sabathias, my friend. Yes, you too. Happy holidays, bro. Peace. Peace. <laughs>